it's hard to be intense in the South Island, isn't it? <laughs> Timaru boy, we're all chilled. <laughs> um, all right, well, uh, welcome to Hako Meets Humans. It's a special episode for your special holidays this year. We're going to have a little 2020 musical year uh, wrap up. And I've uh, brought on a couple of my friends to help me out. Um, Sam Smith. Hello. Hello, Sam. <laughs> and Charlotte Ryan. Hello. Who was just uh, telling me about the fact that she started RDU before BFM, which is where I got to know you at BFM. Yeah. I'm a long-time listener. A BFM listener? Uh, long-time listener of you. Oh, yeah. Did you follow me to Kiwi FM? Yes. Those are the, those are the true ones. <laughs> true, yes. <laughs> this is a question me and my friends have been wanting to answer for a long time. Yes. Now you bring that up. Where are all the Kiwi FM archives? Like, if... if those shows were all recorded, right? Yeah. So where are they all sitting? Who, a, who has them? On a hard drive. D- does someone have them? Yeah. Are they, are they going to be archived anywhere for public listening at some point? Oh, I don't know. I doubt it. Oh, I, I doubt it. There's so much good it, shit on there. Some of the YouTube stuff is still up there. Okay. Yeah. There's a really cool series we did um, down at the lab of live artists playing and doing covers. And that's still online. But I doubt it. I mean, Kiwi FM was a funny thing because it's owned by MediaWorks, so you probably legally can't do anything with, with it anyway. Not that MediaWorks give a shit about it, but, you know. Yeah. It would probably take a lot of effort from some dedicated people <laughs> yeah. to yeah. Um, do something like that, I reckon. It's funny because a lot of the musicians I started playing with were like uh, like cult followers of Kiwi FM. Yes, I... Yeah, it's crazy the amount of people. At the time, I think we grew the listenership, which was really cool. But um, I still think that, yeah, they, they came out of the woodwork. It was nationwide as well, which was really cool. Yeah. Whereas BFM was just local. So it was my first proper radio show doing a nationwide show, which was really nice, talking to people in Timaru and, like, you know, all over mm. the place. Mm. Mm. Well, I have, with you here, I had to ask that question because I get that question from a few people, like, where are the Kiwi FM archives? You'd be surprised how passionate people are wow. about uh, where, this, where that shit has gone. I can give you a name. On air or off air? I think he'd be quite proud to say that he has them. Who has them? Dan Clist. Really? Yeah. I fucking Reginald, I'll get him. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Anyway, that's a little tangent, but I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. Um, just in general, weird year, but if you had to kind of uh, give your feelings in general about the musical year, mm. how was it for you, Sam? Uh, I thought it was reasonably good, given the circumstances the fact that people are still willing to release music despite a global pandemic is very encouraging. <laughs> um, and I know for a fact that uh, lockdown, getting through the lockdowns, relying, uh, I was very um, keen on the new music coming out and that kind of kept me sane. Mm. Every Friday someone was releasing a new project and I was like, oh, thank you. Mm. Another week down and I've got some new music to listen to. And I think overall it was, it was really good, yeah. I think the last few years have been fantastic, actually, mm. for music. Yeah, right. Um, but this year, yeah, just, just in line with what's been going on the previous few years, pretty good, I thought. Well, that's pretty good. What about yourself, Charlotte? Yeah, I agree. But I think we, are, we also do have our heads right in it, and so we do get the opportunity to, to listen to all the good stuff that comes out. Mm. I think some albums have come out and been missed by the public or yeah. haven't been... Um, you know, acknowledged as much as perhaps they would have because the news cycle was so maybe... I think that's the thing with so much music being released, it's very easy to miss stuff. And if it doesn't catch the moment straight away, it can kind of disappear. Yeah. Unless you're really, you know, dedicated to going out and looking for stuff. And the other thing I wonder if it's this year or whether it's just the 
the way that we listen to music these days, but I think albums have such a shorter shelf life. And I feel like this year is the mm. same. And it's kind of like Netflix shows. Like, mm. you know, everyone's obsessed with something really quickly and then they move on to another album, mm. you know? Mm. Yeah. So for both of you, do you look back on the year and think of albums or do you think of songs? Like, how do you, like, I guess it's a question about how you consume music these days, but... For me personally, when I look back on a year, I, I think of songs. Mm, it's just a natural thing for me now. I don't even think of albums. I'm an albums guy through and through, so I always think of albums. Big surprise there, <laughs> Sam, yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, so if I look back on this year, I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking Troy Kingy's great album, uh, Jesse Weir released a great album. I love Jesse Weir's album. fantastic album. album. Yeah. Uh, uh, Reb Fountain... Um, yeah, Flaming Lips yeah. did one, and then there were heaps of EPs released this there year were, that were yeah. amazing as well. Mm. I think it was a really good year for music, considering the state of the world and everything like that. And lots of people, due to COVID, they were, um, you know, we got a few surprise lockdown albums. We did, yeah. You know. uh, Taylor Swift, for example. <laughs> Two times. <laughs> Two yeah. times, yeah, yeah. Um, and even just this deep into the year, this uh, last Friday, the Avalanche has released an album. Um, so people are still releasing music right, you know, deep into the year, which is fantastic. Yeah, and Fiona Apple, if we're talking oh, albums, that, that was a huge album. Big album, yeah. Again, I think that the reason why that connected with everyone is it was quite an angry album and it came out when we were all in lockdown. Mm, and we that's were, very true. <laughs> yeah. And she hadn't released anything for a few yes. years, so it was yeah. quite nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting how we... Because most people would connect, not most people, but a lot of avenues for connections with music and emotions, it's usually when it's shared. And when it's shared is usually in like social situations or maybe at gigs and all these things. But those have been quite stripped. Uh, it, it, not so much from our country, but a lot of other countries. And I wonder how that affects like people's um, relationships and feelings about the albums that came out this year. Like, it, like uh, I, I wonder if it subsidizes is the wrong word, but I wonder if we're enjoying albums more this year that are easier to enjoy on your own as opposed to albums that you would usually build connections with in a social setting, like maybe a dancier one or maybe like mm. a more party vibe. Mm. Uh, I totally think that we've, I've personally listened to music in such a different way this year. Yeah, right. to, absolutely because of that. Yeah, and I mean, you look at, <laughs> I rave about it, I go on about it on uh, um, RNZ lots, but the stats even show that everyone went back to nostalgia. You know, they listened to a lot of older music and also classical music went up and chill out, all the chill out playlists did really well. Definitely, you wow. could see different um, listening habits and that was definitely due to COVID I think I don't know about yeah I when I think of this year though I'm very lucky because I still do think of my gig highlights I wanted to talk about that as well because we are the rare country that has live shows <laughs> and I wanted to kind of rub it in everyone's faces and be like what what are you what were your guys live show standouts this year oh well for me there's two um, particular ones that stand out, both New Zealand artists, uh, Troy Kingy at the Hollywood Avondale. Oh my gosh, I was there. Fantastic show, just amazing. His band is off the chart, uh, just amazing. And um, backing vocalists, oh, incredible. So good. Yep. And the band, there must be like seven or eight yeah, yeah. or even nine on stage yep. or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was incredible. There was some magic in the air that night, there I was, think. Yep. Yeah. And uh, just recently, a Red Fountain at the Mercury, Mercury Theatre just absolutely blew me away. Uh, one of the best New Zealand shows I've ever seen, probably. Just m magical. Yeah. yeah, she is definitely a highlight of this year as well. It's funny because I think I really enjoyed those shows, shows as well, but I think 
what I get excited about is when I think that Lizzo came this year True. to Auckland yeah. and I managed to get along to this you know, gig at the Tuning Fork. Don't know if either of you guys were there. No. It was crazy, but it feels weird to think that this was Lizzo was this year. That must have been around one of the last international gigs. Surely Tool was the last. Tool, I reckon. Well, one of the last. Yeah, I mean, he, he had COVID. That's where the COVID was. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, he went on Joe Rogan and and, and uh, kind of let slip that he was pre- he hadn't been diagnosed, but he's pretty sure he had COVID. He caught COVID in Australia before coming to New Zealand, and he was sick in his hotel room for three days before getting up on stage. <laughs> so that he, but they they told him he don't, you don't have it because you don't have a fever. There was back in time when people don't really didn't know how to diagnose it. But now he looks back and he's like, I probably had it at the gig. Oh my gosh! Isn't that crazy? Yeah. What's terrible? I don't know if the world realised how serious it was though at that stage. No. Did they? No, no, no. Yeah, at all. and Mac DeMarco came this year. Um, oh, that show was pretty cool. And yeah, another highlight though of mine was um, seeing Marlon Williams at Freedom Magolas, which is this oh, wow. tiny yeah, little Grey venue in Greyland. Yeah. It's like this little wine bar. And um, he did this cover of Max Merritt Sailing Away. And Max Merritt had just died mm. a couple of weeks earlier. He's mm. this legendary um, Christchurch rock and roller, but then became really famous and moved to Australia. Um, but yeah, that was pretty special. Yeah, wow. It's mm. hard to think that Laneway actually happened this year as yes. well. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, crazy <laughs> to think that. I didn't love Laneway as much no, this year. No, I didn't either. Um, I thought, I worried I was getting too old. I, <laughs> I was like, what's happening? I just think the demo, uh, the, the, some of the artists were a bit targeted to a different sort of demographic. I don't know what it was, but I wasn't feeling it as much as previous years. Mm. Yeah. It didn't have as much of a personality. No, I or an identity. Feel, yeah. Uh, I don't know why. I, and I couldn't, I, I couldn't. And um, they had some awful luck with cancellations, last minute cancellations mm. and that kind of thing. So mm. I don't know if they had one big indie band, no, you know, like. really, no. Yeah, it was. Um, well, they had Fontaine's DC scheduled to play and they pulled out at the last minutes, which was a bit disappointing. Yeah. But they didn't have like a slow dive like they had a few yeah. years ago or uh, Bell and Sebastian, so to speak. Yeah, that would bring in the older people. People always laugh when I say this and I laugh at myself because it's like, you know, I don't put on fucking festivals so good on laneway and oh, the people gosh, who make yes. it run but i've very strongly i feel like i i i feel like it's in the middle of like two lanes that could go in like either it should be like they should be cracking like getting huge names indie names like you say like all these things um and just become like a kind of almost a big day outs stand-in but with a bit more of like a music bent musician bent or i, I my personal thing is like when it first started, it was essentially here are the like new indie alternative bands mm. that you've never heard of, but they're like going to the, be big, like, like XX, XX yeah. Florence the Machine. I, I, yeah, I would kind of love them to do that, but for hip hop, I would really like to hear like brand new cutting edge hip hop stuff be flown into New Zealand. Well, they kind of did do that a little bit. Yeah. Laneway the last couple of years mm. have had some amazing hip hop artists. Have. Yeah, yeah. And last year they had Charlie XX and oh, sorry, huge, this year. Though. This year, yeah, already huge. Denzel Curry True. was already big. Anderson Pack was already big. Like, and there's a, such a for that genre is having such a huge wave, and other genres are now coming into it. Mm. And I like as much as I know, there's a whole bunch of shit that I don't know what's going on. And for me, as a punter, thinking like, what would I want? What would bring me back into laneway? The the identity of we're going to introduce you to some pretty off the wall stuff that you're not going to get introduced to before. Mm. I'd be like, you know what? Yeah, sign me up for that. But you're a music lover, so you probably know those artists. Isn't the festival for music lovers, Laneway? Like, who is it for then? 
Mm. Is it for the general public now? I think so. I think it was going towards that way with the most recent one, just with the selection. With the selection of artists. Yeah. It was quite, um, there were quite a few dance yaks and... And poppy yeah. kind of stuff that I wouldn't associate with what Laneway has been in the past, so to speak, which has been very sort of indie, alternative, some very underground artists that didn't have much of a following here at all. Yeah. But no, I think it's year on year. I was mm. the publicist actually for Laneway for about four years. Mm. And so I've got to love, I'll always love it and I'll probably always go each year. But I think this was just one of those years. They've announced they're not doing it 2021, but 2022. It will be interesting to see the lineup. Yeah. Well, it's mm. a beautiful mm. venue. Oh, oh, it's fantastic. Albert Park's a gem. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's a good point. They are saying we're not going to do one. A lot of festivals are announcing for that time and, and, and past as well, do you think they must be slightly nervous? Like, I can't imagine being a festival promoter or a promoter in general in the world at the moment. What do, you, do, you, do you guys feel like, how, how do you feel in terms of like the live confidence next year? It, I, I wouldn't want to be in their position because you just don't know what's going to happen yeah. with the COVID situation. It's a big risk putting on a festival at the best of times and this has just amplified it tenfold I reckon yeah. yeah I know I've done a couple of interviews recently with promoters who are putting on festivals and I'm kind of like why I you know one they are definitely all optimists right. <laughs> two um yeah they're optimists they're, it's such a risk at the best of times and now with this because insurance doesn't cover COVID at all um but what's beautiful and you know I'm I'm an optimist and so what beautiful what beautiful silver lining has come out of this is now all the festivals are talking to each other and they're actually all working together because they've all got to do new COVID restrictions they've all you know got to invest more money into secu not security but more COVID investments to you know to know where they are and put hand sanitizers here and there and da da da, and also they need to complement everyone else's festival schedule because they've all got if COVID hits again, then they've all got backup dates. So they've got to all their backup dates have to complement each other's backup dates because it's still got to work in a cycle for their artist. Yeah. So. Well, I saw earlier in the year a panel live panel with all the promoters, and it was like this is the first time I've seen everyone in the same room, kind of thing, just talking about common issues, common goals, that kind of thing. It was just very interesting to see the different perspectives of people. Yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, it's really cool. Mm. I have much admiration for promoters. I'm oh, yeah. too anxious at the best of times to worry about making money. Because, you know, they put on they, they put their house on the line. They put their, yeah. you know. Yeah, well, Blink, Blink came in here and was talking about ending camp because it was costing a quarter of a million dollars each year. And he's like, what if I can't do it? How do I, what, I'm stuck with that amount of money. Right, mm. And I'm like, yeah, that would be a crazy thing to try and fall asleep. You create a business and then you make that oh. business bankrupt, but it would be awful. It would be. Yeah, it would be awful. Blink needs to do another festival. Those <laughs> Camp Alohums were amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sure if you told him, he'd say, like, I'm doing online ones with my Synstrom stuff. So <laughs> what did you guys think of the online streaming over the, over the year? Some of it was very good, I thought. Um, the Beths did a very good job, I think, with their ones. Um... Some of it was a bit kind of iffy, I guess. I guess for a lot of people it's a trial and error, experimentation, new way of doing things, and I think um, I think people get better as they do more of it, I reckon. Yes, yeah. I really connected with the... Um, with the guitar singer-songwriter ones. Yep. I think there was when there was a full band and I was in my house by myself watching it or, you know, with my family watching it, it was just... It felt too 
different. It, I, yeah, but when it was just one person on the computer and you were there as well, I think it felt more intimate and it was, yeah, yeah. it was nice. Yeah, it's, I think it showed that um, just be, it's that the medium is its own skill. And I think a lot of musicians tend to have the, the idea that the skill is the music and it doesn't matter through which filter you put it. If it's good, it's going to translate yes. automatically. But I, th I don't think that's true. Um, and that is, you know, extra credit, like you said, to the Beths because they're actually, I said this to, I sent a message to them saying that they were definitely one of the bands in the world for me that held my attention and were doing interesting things for me to still be invested in the band when they put an album without really touring the world and they, they could only do the New Zealand dates and all these things, I was thinking about listening to and seeing the best the whole year. Um, and I'm not, and for me, I'm, I got instantly bored of the Instagram live performances and all those things. I didn't watch a single one. I wasn't interested, which I found, I, I didn't really interrogate why, but I just, it didn't have that thing for me. Well, it's a small screen. I put it mm. up. I high hotspotted it. Is that what you call it to my TV? Oh, yeah. Well, you get Chromecast. Chromecast, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, whatever I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that made it better. Oh, yeah. Because I wonder just on your small screen mm. whether that was difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, for me also, like, my favourite live bands were Wax Chattels. Yeah. And, like, that was my favourite gig of this year. So I, I like quite intense, like, visceral experiences. Yes. So that probably, for me, doesn't translate super well <laughs> through an Instagram. <laughs> yeah. We need technology to change. It needs to update. So next COVID lockdown, you know, you can get sweat flung on you or something. VR hi-fi yeah. systems with, like, oh 4D. God. I know. Yes. I, it's yeah. like home theatre systems, but for music. I've, I've said this before. Why aren't they – I hope they're, like, recording in VR. Like, they should be recording every Coachella set, all this stuff, so that you can go – oh, wouldn't it be great? I want to watch, um, you know, the Rolling Stones in 1970 at Hyde Park or whatever. Oh and, God, you, and, and you'd, you'd be in the crowd. It, wow. You'd be in the crowd. Ah. Genius. It's the future. Well, well they, they've, already, um, they've already got holograms yes. of dead artists, which <laughs> yeah. are kind of popular. Hey, that's actually a good thing. So um, one, saddest passing. There's been a lot of passings this year. Uh, in too music, many. Too yep. many. Um, and I just like, uh, affecting for you guys, like it was a, it's a sad year, but obviously in New Zealand we've been insulated a little bit from like the global tragedy of it all. But I think that's, given us a bit more space to even feel some of the like musical people that have left us this year. And obviously we've, we've talked about Ruben on the podcast as well, which is like, for me, I didn't know him super well, except for what everyone says where I met, only times I met him, he was introducing me to other people. He was at shows and at least pretending like he knew who I was and having a chat. And that was, that was a big one, but it's been like quite a hard year for people as well. It has. I think that, um, I didn't know him incredibly well either. What I remembered was, was he in a bandicoot? Yeah. Yes. 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 So that was the time that I met him. And I just remember the th three of them or four of them were just three. I think three, yeah. Three, yeah. Was so amazing. And I was just like, shit, these kids have got a future. <laughs> I've got a future in music. Yeah. And yeah, and then his just beautiful smile. Yeah, I think it's been a really rough year, all sorts. I think that a lot has come out in the music industry on lots of levels. What am I trying to say? I think that a lot of stuff has come out in other industries as well. Um, I think things like Black Lives Matter and Me Too movements really sort of erupted the music industry and made it a little bit uh, 
not as easy, not as comfortable at the moment perhaps. There's a few conversations happening as well this year that I think are really good. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I don't really know to go, where to go for that from there. <laughs> well, it's a tough thing, you know. Like uh, we've had a lot of people go, but then there's a lot of, pe- a lot of like you're saying, unrest and everything is being disrupted. And I, and I, I wonder if this is actually kind of um, accumulation of the music industry being kicking things down the pike for a wee while um, of things that it may probably needed to deal with and problems that it's kind of put off, um, uh, including the streaming, including like um, lineup uh, and pipeline stuff, which I talk about getting new artists into these fe- spots where they can play festivals. And when a year like 2020 hits and festivals go down and the world gets uneasy, I think those house of cards can fall and that's why it's all coming through at the moment. Yeah. I think you're spot on. I think um, one thing I noticed with the COVID thing is that a lot of musicians' uh, whole livelihoods and careers was basically disrupted from the get-go. They can't play live all of a sudden. Their income streams kind of collapse um, and they're suddenly isolated. And yeah, I think it was quite hard and challenging in that respect for creativity uh, to flourish and for people, and also not just the musicians, but also the um, the roadies, the soundies, yeah. all those types of people. Um, so I think we had, a, I think a lot of the um, organisations did quite well to try and channel some emergency funds into Oh, I think that the people. New Zealand Music Foundation or Kath Anderson at the New Zealand Music Commission and her board, I think yeah, they did a... Shout out Kath. Shout out to Kath Anderson because they moved very, very quickly. It was very obvious that the whole music industry was suddenly... And, you know, not like it was going to be. And I think they were really good. I think the New Zealand Music, sorry, the um, charity, the New Zealand Music Foundation, I think they stood up really quickly and were like, hey, we're here, we're here, if anyone wants to talk to us. And also then I think they got extra funding and broadened themselves to just creatives, quote unquote. Mm. So then they also, you know, encouraged artists and other sorts of creatives to call them and use their services. Um, But, yeah... Yeah, it's probably a whole different conversation, but I still wonder whether the musicians that need their help will still go to that place. Mm. I think musicians do use the New Zealand Music Foundation, but I know that it's also some people don't want to approach them and, you know, are more private, perhaps. Yeah, and I find there's a lot of confusion out with there's something going on with uh, the lines of communication are not... Um, easy for whatever reason between a lot of these organisations and musicians and it's probably a problem on both ends or I don't know but the the, the amount of lack of knowledge musicians have about some of these organisations and exactly what they do and how they help um, is a real problem because they don't even know that help is there a lot of the time. Yeah so for anyone listening that doesn't know what we're talking about there's totally a free text line, a free um, landline that you can call anytime, anytime of day or night. And there's also free counselling. And counselling is very expensive. And therapy is very expensive. But you, this is sort of supported for you so then you can go out and get help. Because, I mean, yeah, I love this organisation, but some of the ways that they market, you know, they'll put flyers at a gig. I think that no one's going to pick up a flyer at a gig. Oh, yeah, guys, I'm just picking up a mental health flyer on my way out, you know. Yeah. Like it's, it's, but yet how do you communicate to those people? And hopefully through, you know, your podcast and us being on the radio, mm. we can, you know, drop it and stuff. But I think it has to, you know, hopefully will become a very well-known and accessible place, 
yeah, for people to go. Well, I'm a very strong proponent of the formation of some form of musicians' union, which I don't think New Zealand has. Tell it, me more about it. It, it does have one, just as a thing, it but one? it only deals with like they only deal with like niche legal things. They don't okay. do any kind of advocacy. Yeah. They, so they don't what are you really looking for? So some sort of union. I know other countries have musicians. Is unions. APRA a union though? Uh, I wouldn't no. say it was a union. It's a, it just collects your, it's your. It's a collective publisher essentially. But they still work for you. Do things on behalf of the musician. What do you? What would like, they do? It would be multifaceted. It would be support uh, employment issues. Um, Advocacy, um, yeah, all those advocacy for what for the music for the musician if they were running into a problem with uh, I don't know uh, an employer, a promoter, or oh. something, just someone who could stand in their corner like union people do um, in any other industry and fight for the musician and the rights of the musician, so to speak. Which ah, I, yes, we haven't really got here. Well, I guess. No, because the Music Commission don't really do that. I guess you could get their support. They do free, free legal counsel, or you know, free legal, what do you call it, advice? Yeah, but they, they have to split. They, they serve the music industry, so musicians and, and the industry. industry. Oh, my gosh. Sam, this could be your new thing <laughs> well, for 2021. I don't know. I've been thinking about it for quite a while. It just amazes me that every, um, like, Tertiary sector has a union, or most other industries have a union, but the the creative and arts sectors don't really go deep into, enough into that area. I find yeah, right. Which is pretty funny because it's so, in general, lefty, uh, lefty land and creative. And fields. I know for a fact that a lot of musicians do have a lot of uh, run into a lot of issues and tr- trouble with various situations and people and. In the industry. I'm kind of just thinking, sorry, yeah, I'm pausing for a while because I feel like there is that out there. I think there is organisations, but not for the musicians. You're right, because there's this organisation called the MMF, Music Managers for Ma- uh, Foundation. Yep. And so if you're a member of that, you can get all that support for your mm, artist. Mm, mm. But yeah, if you're an unmanaged artist. Mm. Um, Which is increasingly common. Yeah. Who, yeah. DIY, I mean, yeah. It's amazing how many um, musicians are just completely self-managed or unmanaged. I have such admiration for them. Yeah, I always think that they shouldn't manage themselves. I used to manage bands back in the day. Do you know that story? No. no. <laughs> ah, I used to manage um, Shapeshifter. Don't. <laughs> Lady wow. Six. Oh, wow. But my first band I managed was called Verse Two. Okay. And it was like Lady Six and Scribe, their first band when oh, they moved true. from Christchurch. Oh, true. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But when I used to manage bands, I'd... I just had such a passion for it and I really wanted to help the bands because I was so passionate that they had to just focus on the creativity, not the business side. You know, when they turn up at a festival and they're playing on stage, they cannot be thinking about how much money they're earning or that the promoter was just a real dick and, you know, da-da-da or whatever. They just have to focus on that. But it's hard to find a good manager. Uh, There's so few... um, If you think about the alternative or independent music scene and then you think about the industry people who service uh, ex- those that kind of group the, 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 the number is tiny like mm. you is, you think promotions and it's like okay just Ruben banished from the universe like he's the one doing all the like indie bands touring and then there's only a few managers like Silas and um, Jacob and a whole bunch of people who are all managed by the same person yeah right it's, it's very because Creative people don't necessarily usually have like a logistical or a um, business uh, facet mind to them, a strategic mm-hmm. mind. It's like usually tends to be like one or the other and it's very rare to find someone who A, has this, a few skills in both of those, but B, has the passion to 
do it in quite an unforgiving yeah. environment. Mm. I think that's why mm. Manu has you know manages so many people is because like there are so many so much talent in New Zealand and we were actually lacking is people who can harness and um, and faithfully kind of uh, uh, push those people into new directions. You know, it's a real. I I would highly recommend anyone who is interested like and thinks they have the skills and the passion to get involved because like. All the musicians I know can hardly book themselves a haircut, yeah. you know. But I would encourage not to go with a manager. Big call, big call. And Manu, sorry. But I wouldn't. <laughs> Shout out Manu. No. <laughs> we'll get you on. <laughs> Old school BFM days, Manu. No, but I wouldn't want a manager to manage an artist that I really liked that was also managing 10 other artists or more. I just think that a manager should manage two or three artists and, and they should all be different genres, you know. So because I think that it's, yeah, I mean, but saying that, that's bloody hard. If I was to set up a management company, which I never would do again, but if I was to do that, you'd have to manage quite a few bands to make it financially worthwhile. Mm. But it's, it's yeah, yeah. I, I, I firmly believe in self-management because I don't, I, I, I say this to everyone, if you think you need a manager, just hire an intern. Yeah, good call. And they can send your emails for you. Like, are you, are you touring well, no, the world and doing depends, those things? Yeah, it depends what level you're at, actually, because I think a manager is very important in that, in, when you get um, more successful. Definitely. Yeah. But you, you know when that's happening. If, you don't, if that's not like knocking on the door and you're getting like completely stressed out, um, you probably don't need a manager. Do you deal with bands quite a lot through BFM or through like no, your, your blog, not right? Not particularly. No. I play their music. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I don't really deal with them on a professional basis, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So you have like, because have you ever played in bands, Sam? No, no. Yeah, cool. Uh, like, I think that's a really interesting and necessary perspective as someone who like doesn't, isn't necessarily like intimately connected to the inside of the sausage, mm. actually tasting the sausage. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I, I know completely <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> You've really taken me there. I'm looking at a sausage <laughs> in my brain. Because <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, musicians will... And like, uh, we'll talk about music all the time, but they're so they can just be so blinkered. I know I am, like a lot of things. And I, I really enjoy reading your gig reviews, actually. Thank you. A lot of the time, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's funny, like you both brought up Reb, Reb Fountain this mm. year. If I hadn't heard of Reb until this year. Is that is 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 that a common thing for people that she's had quite a big breakthrough year, or has she it's been definitely been a big breakthrough year? Right. Yeah, mm. I've known of Reb for quite a few years but that's probably from my time at BFM and Kiwi FM um she was playing music with a whole lot of really cool musicians um and and doing backing vocals and also I just had much she was she's just an amazing woman so we actually got her on to do backing vocals in the Neil Finn album that we recorded live when I was working for Neil Finn oh I know that album I watched the recording of that yeah so he did this album called Out of Silence and he live streamed the recording um, to the world and he was like oh we need some um, you know who should we get in our choir da 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 I was like, this girl's really cool. And so she came in. Of course, I didn't know. Actually, it sounds like I'm getting credit, but giving trying to flex. But I'm not at all. Oh, it should be a flex. That's fucking cool. No, no, no. But she was just, she has an amazing voice. Yeah. And I'm so glad she got to do that. And then from there, it's because her children have sort of grown up, I think. And she's finally been able to focus. And then she recorded the album at Roundhead Studios when I was still working there for Neil. So, um, yeah, when I was in the studio, I was sort of... Uh, not involved in any sense apart from smiling and greeting them and listening. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. 
But it's pretty cool. The album is really, really special. Her live performance, her confidence has grown so much. Like, um, for The Other's Way, last year she played the Mercury Theatre. Mm. And I saw that and it was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Mm. I feel yeah. like that's a night that lots of people spoke about. Right. But even a year later, her performing was just so much stronger and better. Yeah, she's a star. Mm, mm. And for you, you were is this year your kind of like big fan moment of Reb Fountain? Yeah, I hadn't really listened to her too much before this year, but I was very impressed with the album. It was one of my favourite New Zealand albums of the year. So the, the going to her show and seeing the music live was just like the icing on the cake kind of thing. Um, her band is so cool. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, She's yeah. got like a different vibe for each member yeah. in a sense. And then she's a different character mm, herself. She's mm. got this really cool rock and roll girl I can't remember her name, but she used to play in the rock and roll machine back in the day. And she's got really long hair and with her head down and playing the bass. And then Dave Kahn mm. on um, violin and backing vocals and guitar. Yeah. Sorts, yeah. I can't remember the name of the drummer, but he's amazing. Yeah, he was very good. Yeah. yeah. Um, Reb Fountain was was nominated for AMAs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, in some hard categories. Very hard think, categories, right? yeah. 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 Um, Sam and I have had a nice little interview talking about the AMAs. So we kind of know our perspective on that. But I wanted to, you were there the whole night and it was like, how do you feel about the whole rebrand and the whole new structure of it? Um, and how did it, how did it feel being there? Uh, it was hard being there because I don't feel like I actually got the true experience because I was working the whole time. Mm. So in the opening drinks, I was running around with RNZ camera and doing social meds, you know, social media videos and everything like that. Then when the show was on, everyone that won, I would interview them afterwards. Right. So it was quite difficult to not, I didn't get to sit and watch the show the whole time, just in certain bits I'd get to go out. I think the rebranding, calling it the Aotearoa Music Awards is um, fantastic. Mm, mm. I think it's excellent. I think the fact that they're now looking to see how diverse they are, uh, or how, I think they're really working on try to, trying to be trying to represent the music industry better, mm. or sorry, the music scene better, and I think they're doing that well. I don't th know if they quite nailed the, it's always gonna be a hard thing doing it f live for TV, yeah. and also making it good for the audience. Mm. I, again, don't think that quite worked this year, but I'm, uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I thought the format was, the Jules Holland format, as I call it, was uh, didn't quite translate well to the live audience, because I was in the audience, and Everything was so far away a lot yes. of the time, the performances. Because the thing with Jules Holland is that the audience is actually standing by the piano. Like yeah. you're standing, you're on, so you're on the floor. Mm. Um, I mean, I think it's admirable that they even thought of that way because, you know, COVID, mm. if there had been a lockdown, they still would have been able to do it. But it'll be interesting to see what happens next year. The other th issue I had with the, the awards was I think the Hall of Fame thing Need, needs a night of its own kind it of thing? It was meant to. Oh, it was meant to, yes. right, okay. Yeah, so the yeah. Hall of Fame was actually meant to be its own event. So right. this year they inducted six yeah. Hall of Famers, usually mm. they only do one. And it's actually now going to be a combination of APRA and the Aotearoa Music Awards. Right. Because they, APRA also do a um, Hall of Fame, yeah, which they, they didn't do, yeah. do earlier yeah. this year. But anyway, so it's meant to be its own event. Okay, cool. So is the Artisan Awards. Right. They're meant to be their own event as well. Yeah. Um, but due to COVID, they just couldn't do it. Right, okay. But yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, the covers band doing their songs just didn't do no, it justice. I would have liked to have seen, when possible, the, perf the actual inductee do their own performance, yes. like they do with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yes. in America. And also have like um, different inductees for each person with someone who's maybe influenced by that artist. Yes. Um, yeah, that would have been nice, I think. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Was there any, is there anyone when you think back in this year in New Zealand that you think, 
didn't get as much attention or could have been in and around that that wasn't. Are Ooh. we talking just generally or in Hall of Fame? No, oh, sorry, generally. Generally. In the AMAs, yeah. Um, uh, I th- uh, Jess B wasn't nominated. Or was she nominated? But Was she? She was there. I think she had um, – if she got nominated, it was, it was too few nominations, you know? It, it wasn't enough. Yeah. Yeah, because she was outspoken about that a little bit on Twitter. Classic Twitter. Classic. <laughs> Getting it out. Um, actually, I can't think, but I'm just going to still say yes. <laughs> I'll say yes, but yeah. I can't off the top of my head think of any yeah. right, right now, but I'm sure there's always people you, who don't get their dues. I guess. Yeah. yeah, I mean, part of the um, – when it was the uh, Vodafone New Zealand Music Awards, I did love the Critics' Choice. Um, I didn't like the name, Critics' Choice. They got but rid of that, didn't they? Yes, so yeah, the Critics' Choice got... was a thing that was set up to um, – actually, were you guys nominated at all? Oh. I, I feel no. like no. That was a tu- that, it's kind of like looking at the art, the the alternative artist. Well, that's what it was for me, right? I looked at it, and I was like, oh, the, so th- this is the best actual alternative band. Yes. Award. Same. For like, it's just the yeah. Was, Same. Yeah. But um, but it couldn't play on TV because it was all about the TV show, and so yeah, like it would be cool to bring back that or acknowledge yeah. I've always thought, why isn't there like a, a, a student radio station being at kind of like awards that they all just get together and show some... Do you know that there used to be? No. <laughs> that was what? a thing for years. Oh, right. Oh, my God, the Beanet Music Awards. I'm, I'm always uh, wanting to know. bring it back. <laughs> oh, my God. When did that stop? Oh, about 10 years ago, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it needed to stop. Okay. Yeah, it used to be this amazing, huge production. Um, when I was brand manager at BFM, I think I was about 24, so it must have been years ago. Uh, years and years ago. You're only 29. Yeah, of course. Yeah, not too long ago. But um, we put it on over at the Bruce Mason Centre over oh, on wow. the shore and it was sponsored by PlayStation and there was you got a seated table and it was just so cool. And also there was a Best Fox Award and Best Foxette Award, I think. I remember the year Julia Dean's got it one year, Shane Carter got it one year, but it was definitely the cool awards to go to. Yeah. And there was so much party. There was so much yeah, it was a big thing. PlayStation must have paid so much money. I just remember their branding being everywhere. It was definitely that, yeah, really, really good. But I think it cost a lot of money to make. Not I think, I know it cost a lot of money to make. And then it was really difficult getting sponsors because then I think all the advertising agencies went on to hip hop and boost mobile. <laughs> and yeah, then, um, and yeah, and anyway, it sort of just died a terrible death. But it would be cool to bring it back. I would love to bring it back. And I know a lot of other people want to bring it back as well. <laughs> Do it, Sam. Because I, I wasn't... Um, Old, I wasn't really old enough to remember it at the time or aware of it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I've got lots of great photos at home. <laughs> and, um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. It should definitely happen, even if it's just an online thing. But it is a lot to organise. True. Maybe yeah. a smaller scale version mm. at Whammy Bar or somewhere. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that, it just makes me, because I was like, oh, you could, buddy, you could get them all into a studio, like fly the bands who are going to perform, do a live stream somewhere. Um, small and just have like uh, industry people sitting in, a bit of the, I mean the beanie uh, people sitting in and all that stuff. But um, it, that just reminded me of um, the bloody uh, in ses- the BFM in sessions at Roundhead. Mm. And like you said, there was one at Kiwi FM. Mm. We are, I, I, do you guys feel that we are missing like a, a consistent, uh, accessible live session thing in New Zealand at the moment? Like RNZ's got the one that you do. Is it, is it on Jesse's show that they do? Is it a there's one on Jesse's show every week, but then there's other sessions that I, I do. I've only just started it. Yeah. I started it in lockdown. Um, but we also do a lot of 
streaming, but it's not indie alternative bands that you're thinking of, I yeah, think, perhaps. Yeah. 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 I just think, I wonder if, the, <clears throat> if there were more, just more of them, that they would naturally have to, do you think they would be, those would be picked up like, oh, we've got too many slots to fill, we need to find those bands? Like it's a, it's a quantity thing? Or do you think it needs a whole other vehicle for those kinds of bands? Oh, t- I, I don't understand your question. What are you asking? So you've only got a certain amount of slots, you know, and the on live R- sessions. On RNZ? And you guys are the only ones doing the high quality yes, live sessions. Yes, and it's even hard for us to get video on every single one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it takes a lot of money, but I think, like, for, for me, a lot of people are connecting. Even now, they want to see a, a live video. I know. And I think that's where it's going. I remember, like, for me, like, a Kiwi FM was a big thing for me, but so was the in-session um, BFM videos. Yeah. Like, Artisan Guns, Tom Lark did one. Oh, totally. That's, that's so good. The did one, too. With yeah, Hugh Sunday. Sunday did yeah. the Sunday sessions. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, they're really, really good, but I think New Zealand On Air was giving funding to them to make them happen, and I feel like I heard a whisper that New Zealand On Air was like, okay, we're going to stop giving money to these sessions. Tell us something new and inventive to do. Yeah, maybe. Okay, well, give give, give money to because New Zealand only do video and music, right? They're like, uh, uh, yeah, they've got that's the two arms. They should foster uh, a bit more work together. Try and get some bloody films or documentary films or whatever uh, the filmmakers want to make on New Zealand music. Chuck them up on TV and on demand. This is such a bigger question than this is such a. Chip on my shoulder at the moment. Yeah, I've yeah. just suddenly turned a corner. No, I, like I don't that. know if you just saw my dark face come over. It's such a shame that there is no good music TV at the moment. Like, or even like in the old days, we had Squeeze. Do you remember Squeeze? Jane Yee hosted it. I think. Just barely because I remember Jane Yee. Yeah, yeah, we were, yeah. we had Ice TV prior to that, which was like Petra Baghurst and um, and uh, some others. Uh, there was so much cool. And then even you live got started. And That's probably your era. C4 Select was C4 my Select. era. Live at yours And also then old TV as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there was so much good stuff, but that just doesn't happen anymore. No. I've got small hope that it's going to come back. And that is the um, discussions that are happening about RNZ and TVNZ uniting, or not uniting, but being merged, which is a really big thing. And I've, I'm going to take the flag of music. If it happens and I still retain my job, I'm going to be like, okay, music has to happen on TVNZ. Well, it's not, yeah, it's not that more expensive than doing anything else. With I mean, the to media. be honest, I just remember. But there is something musical at TVNZ at the moment. It's a Nickamore getting old bands back together. Maybe it's just that it doesn't rate. I mean, yeah. But maybe it's they're trying to make television shows that we used to watch instead of trying to. This is why I like that you brought you live up because I think that they actually really tried to do something that the people at the time. The, the young people at the time that they were trying to reach were actually engaging with. Yes. Which was everyone was on Facebook and wanting to comment on the videos. Yeah. That that wouldn't work now because no one likes Facebook anymore. But it's 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 the intention behind it. It's like we're not trying to make a traditional let's not just put it in the hands of people to make a traditional TV show. Mm. Let's put it in the hands of the equivalent of the musicians we're trying to show. So we we we're trying to highlight some like very inventive, talented New Zealand musicians. Why not then also put the the filming and the, the the television side also in the same kind of inventive things and try some new things. And I think TVNZ on demand, if say if that was stayed around, that seems to already be building a little bit of a 
are we going to put on some like new things? We're going to try some things. It would be so cool if TVNZ On Demand did a series of live shows, even if it was like Solomeo, Troy Kingy. But again, if they did get funding to do a 10 series, you know, episode, whatever, uh, it wouldn't be indie bands that you would probably love to watch. Yeah. I've kind of accepted that. Yeah, but I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> because it's the, that's that's the bigger problem of how do we turn? Because not it's like how do you introduce new bands to mass audience? That's the thing, we, and we haven't that. And do you not think that that explains? I think me and Sam talked about it, but that explains some of the lineups that we see because we've we don't know how to do it, which means we're stuck with the the like the growth stopped at some point uh, when Shapeshifter got as big as they were and it's hard to grow another band to their size so they have to fill that slot every time. Oh, I disagree with you on that. Okay. I reckon LAB's totally even 660 have stolen Shapeshifter's spot, haven't they? No, oh yeah, sure, but those are two bands in 10 years. If you look at all the lineups they're all from the 90s and the 2000s. Like where's the new big like how can the Beths let's just say the best case scenario is the Beths, right? Who a band who started? They did the pipeline of starting in Whammy, selling out Whammy, and now they're rising through the festivals and getting worldwide attention. Yeah, that's four of the best members of all the best bands in the last. Benny, where does where does she fit into your theory? Well, she's full um, record label development deal thing, which is totally. Um, that's not disparaging. No, she's not. I don't think. That's she. She had a development deal, didn't she? No. She, she Stella did not have any development deal coming up. No. And, and nothing like that. I don't think so. I don't know. Sorry. Derek, <laughs> yeah, I want to get. Hey, Stella, please come Derek on did. because I'd love to talk to you. Derek. Derek, did. I'd love you to come as well because I love Justin Pilbro and I love Derek. So. Yeah, that was a great EP this year. But I would like a lot of that. Um, that that I want. We're really New Zealand's really good at that. New Zealand's really good at our pop pipeline, commercial radio, LAB six sixty, Benny, Derek, Lord, great. How do and you and I love indie bands. We love indie bands. How do we how do we make it easier for bands like the Beths to do what the Beths did and not just be these? Uh, you have to be a genius who write all these really great You've songs. You've got to, to write a good song. But we know people write good songs all the time. They're not fucking great songs though, are they? I don't know. Who are you thinking about in particular? Who, should, who is the most underrated band this year? Oh, great. I love this question. <laughs> this is hard. Oh, maybe I'll look in my notes. <laughs> look, do, 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 do you know what the, the, the biggest, uh, for me, the biggest crime, and it might not just be this year, but like you can easily point to people like Anthony Tonin. Water Underground, one of the best songs that's ever oh written in New Zealand. But like, He's been where around is for a he? long time. Yeah. Well, he's he's been touring constantly. Doing his own stuff, but it's because he's no, like no one's, Putting Anthony Ton on in the in the same in the places he should be. Uh, he's Kane Strain's another one. Oh, Kane's writing an album. Yeah, Anthony's writing an album. Uh, yeah, they so, are. But I just don't know whether. Oh, if Kane wrote, I mean, Kane writes amazing songs. But if he wrote a f- huge, huge hit, Phaser he days. would definitely get. Yeah, Phaser Days. She'll be up on the um, lineups when she yeah. releases her new album. Yeah, Phaser Days is a good one. Yeah, she'll mm. be totally getting on those lineups. Mm, mm. Yeah. Hmm. And I guess what I'm asking is like, where are the tastemakers in the media other than yourself? Like, who do you look at? Because I, I view you as a bit of a tastemaker and someone who's going to platform something that you like. We need to get um, like. Zane Lowe on the phone and <laughs> put some New Zealand bands in his ear. Yeah. <laughs> like, where's because like? I you, think he does get that. He must do. Okay. Yeah. It's such a small place. He yeah, yeah, yeah. And he definitely gets Benny fed to him. He did. Yeah. 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 
I'm trying to think of a really underrated artist. I think that I thank you for saying that. What did you call? Not an. Not I told you a tastemaker. Tastemaker. No, I way prefer that to a influencer. I much <laughs> prefer tastemaker. But I pr- love that I can, and that's kind of what I try and do with my show. And I reckon you try. You do a little bit of that as as well, Sam. But one of your one of my favourite parts of being on the radio is, is introducing people to new music, and especially when you fucking introduce people to excuse my language, introduce people to really great local music. Yeah. Like um, my favourite thing that I got to introduce people to recently uh, was Liao. Um, yeah, he's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David yeah, so through Noah Records. Talking about that. Yeah, yeah, so I got him on playing live, and mm. the audience I knew they would. They loved him. Since then, people have messaged him and want to manage him, and just things are now you know like cool. I'm so stoked yeah. that I was able to do that. I can't do that every I time. I saw him play a few weeks ago at BFM's Drive Island. Oh, yeah. And it's just so good. His voice is like an opera singer. Hey, and shout out Drive Island and BFM because the... And if you want to talk I about tastemakers, BFM are a tastemaker. They definitely are. Um, and particular DJs are on there. Particularly... Yeah, you I, tune in to know. Jess Food, Totally Wired, all new music show on Saturday. See, I would love... I actually prefer another show that runs on a Saturday. Um, it's on RNZ. <laughs> 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 I'm from 12 to 5, Music 101. <laughs> they should bloody put, put a camera crew in Jess Foo's hands. Do you know what I mean? Imagine her going around talking to the Banshee platforms. Yeah. And, I've and never met Jess Fu. She's great. Yeah. And every week she does a feature where she interviews an artist about their new album. Yeah, well, Danielle Street, who hosted yeah, that previously, well, she yeah, did that yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And been um, a, a yeah, long a, list of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, BFM's there. definitely. I think even Under the Radar could be seen as well tastemaker. as a tastemaker yep, because yep. they, you know, support amazing music and that's how I'll discover it. I'll just, yeah. So it's good. Mm-hmm. Well, you're in there as well. Well, you're both in there because, like, uh, you're the, you're the only blog I still read. I don't oh, know. Thank you. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> other people don't really write very interesting things, and all the interesting people tend to go to like, oh, I'm going to do like podcasts or do like videos and stuff now. But I like reading. Mm. <laughs> I wish there was still like a, you know, I, I loved Rip It Up magazine. I know it's like the economics of it all is not super great right now. Oh, but. it'd be amazing if we could still have a music magazine. It's really, it's again like the music TV. Mm. We, yeah, it's really, really sad. Cause I was a publicist for quite a few years mm. and, um, the amount of stuff that you can get for an artist when they release the album now is so little compared to what you used to be up to. Like all the music. I don't know if you've seen Time Out recently. It's basically just two pages of movie stuff. You know, right. that used to be a 12-page or even 16-page thick magazine half full of music stuff that would come out on a Thursday with the Herald. Dominion Post does very little music content now. It's hard to get coverage. Okay, well, so before we crack into the like the more listicle stuff... Um, that it may, that makes me think. We've spent a lot of time talking about what we used to have, that isn't around anymore. A little bit of time, at least, anyway. Yeah. While also, there's a lot of great stuff happening now. How do each of you feel? I think this is how we started, I guess. But how did each of you feel? How do you feel about the New Zealand music environment and the landscape in 2020? And how, when you look forwards to it, do you think we're going to have that these new things to, to look at again? How do you feel in mm. general? I think there's a lot of uncertainty because of the pandemic and just the general environment. Um, a lot of stuff's up in the air, in media in general. So I think it's going to be a kind of wait and see kind of game. Time will tell. Yeah. It's been my theme sentence for this year. <laughs> Time will tell. Yeah. yeah, I'm hoping for a lot of things, but whether they happen or not is another question. Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel really um, blessed and grateful with our music um, scene at the moment. I feel like the New Zealand music industry is very, sorry, I feel like New Zealand music is very healthy at the moment. The industry is a, a strange thing. Um, you know, time will tell. I'm very interested to see what happens with streaming. Oh, whether people come off Spotify? Yeah. yeah. I think there's been more momentum this year gradually building about the ethics around artist pay and all that. Yeah. And something I think is going to give soon. It's really interesting. I have debated Spotify so much with people recently because it's it's – it's the place. If someone, if, an, if you were to release a new song tomorrow, and, I, and you were like, "Oh, but Spotify does terrible royalties," I would still, if I was your manager, make you put your music on there, because it's where everyone in the world listens to the music at the moment. It's like it's like trying to run a marathon, uh, not wearing shoes or something like that. You know, you're, yeah, you mm. might not get listened to as much, but there's a real there's that long tail theory that you might not get listened to as much as on Bandcamp, but you'll still get listened to three people. You might even get put into a playlist, which will then grow you, you know? I think there's a difference. I agree with you, and I think there's a difference between uh, focusing on something and being on something. I, I agree with you. You should be on it. I don't agree with that anyone should focus on it. Do people focus on it? Yes, because it's, they're told you have to be on Spotify playlists. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Interesting. Um, oh, what do you mean, sorry? Like, as an artist... If you you should you should be you're doing everything you can to get on a playlist on Spotify. It's like a radio station, yeah. Essentially, yeah. I think people talk about it more than they talk about artists talk about it more than they talk about getting on radio. Do you know now. that's because they get sent notifications and every time that they log in, they'll be like, "You were added to Charlotte's True. Um, Saturday Vibes playlist," oh, and so I think it makes them think about it more. Yeah, yeah. Well, as a consumer, I'm off Spotify. Are I you? Have, I have switched to Apple Music. Oh, why? Because Spotify is a bad, it's not even about the ethics, it's just a horrible app to use. Oh, see, I find I'm also on Apple Music and I find it just doesn't go with my flow. I'm Spotify is so... Yeah. yeah. For my streaming, I use Spotify, but I still use... Um, I still download music, funnily enough. Same. <laughs> oh, I buy it on Bandcamp so when I can. I still use my old iTunes. <laughs> rest in peace, iTunes. Yeah, rest in peace. Um, because I'm a child of the digital download <laughs> generation. <laughs> um, so uh, I have the best of both worlds. Yeah, I was about worlds. to say, were you a yes, LimeWire? I was a LimeWire yeah. person oh, and classic. my computer was infected with horrible viruses. Same, same, same. Um, um, before we get into listicles, cheeky question, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. Um, RNZ Youth Channel, where is it? Time will tell. Sick, all right. Um, that's, as, that's, as, that's more info than I've gotten in the whole year. Uh, all right. Let's get to the good juicy stuff before we crash out. I want to know, you guys, what was your... This could be New Zealand or international, and you can have a handful. We don't have to fucking just do one. There's no rules here. Um, I'll crack the whip. Um, most exciting new acts you've discovered this year? Liao. Liao. Who I said before, and Nanoise. Nanoise, uh, cool. Um, they used to be just two girls, two women, uh, but now they've got a drummer as well, and it's like... How do you... I'm still trying to learn how to describe them. It's like 60s psychedelic rock and roll, kind of, not kinksy, but like uh, dark, twisted coolness. That's, I think, pretty appropriate. Yeah. I've seen them. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And Liao, um, Samon rock and roll. I saw a great... Did you write it, actually, Sam? I saw someone write it that... Um, 
that if you were to go over to Samoa and set up the label Flying Nun Records over there, Liao would be your first band to sign. <laughs> no, it wasn't me. But it's, it's a good line. It's a good line because yeah. it's like Flying Nun. It's like yeah, he's inspired by the Strokes and like classic jangly guitar, mm. but he sings in Samoan. Mm. And um, yeah, so two New Zealand acts for me, but that'd be my highlights. For me, it's also a New Zealand act, Phoebe Rings. Oh, yes, which, Cheshire. Yeah, um, so she sings with Princess Chelsea, or plays with Princess Chelsea, doesn't she? I think. Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure. And I saw them for the first time. Uh, who are they supporting? The Beths? The Beths, yeah. Yes. And I had never seen them before, never know anything about them, and I was so impressed. Yeah. Just this kind of floaty, floaty, sort of synthy, jazzy, fusion-y type thing. Yeah, they all met at jazz school. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, I can't really describe their music. I, I just did, but I can't really box it into a genre. And um, uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing if uh, yeah, more stuff from them, for sure, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. a big fan of them too. Yeah. Um, so that's my most exciting new act. Mm. Nice. Yeah. And you saw them live this year, obviously. At uh, the Beths, yep. yep. And they're playing Dope. at the BFM Christmas party this Weekend Saturday. Mm. Oh, which would have, which would have passed by the time. Passed, but it was awesome, and it sucks. You weren't there. You should have been there. Come next year. Uh, minor international. Uh, Danica Smith from Australia, who's a singer songwriter. Oh my god! I've never met anyone else. Is it the song Armour that got you? Yeah, Suit of Armour. But oh have you God. heard Sweet Melody that came out as well? No. Oh, go listen to Sweet Melody. Um, shout out Danica. She listens. I interviewed her over Instagram Live. She just was like, yeah, why not? Okay, so this is a plus side to Spotify. Yeah. And I know that it's not cool to like them. But her song came up, Suit of Armour, came up in my, you know, suggestions or whatever. And I fucking fell in love with it. And it's been one of my highlights. And I went and tried to Google her. There was no album bio. I should check recently whether there is. And then I was like, oh my God, it's only had 1,000 plays. Yeah. How come? Yeah, yeah, it's coming. She's got an album coming. Sweet Mellow Digger, listen to it because that's, uh, that's my new favourite Danica Smith song. I think she's brilliant. Um, and then the other one is Big Pig with two eyes in the middle of both of those words. She's from uh, England. Um, has put out the, a crazy diverse amount of songs uh, in terms of genre this year. There was like, there's the very like low key, almost drum and bassy one, but it's all guitar, very moody. And then she just recently put out a song that has this huge like disco chorus to it. Sounds like a Flamingo Pear song. Yeah. So yeah, Big Pig, Danica Smith, shout out. Those would be my two, my two exciting ones. Um, favorite artists mm. of this year? Well, I've got three. Okay. Troy Kingy. Shout out. For his wonderful album. Um, in his 10 album series that he's doing, 10 genres, 10 albums, 10 years, which is the most ambitious thing I think I've ever seen in New Zealand music. Yeah. Although James Milne did single every month. Yes, remember? that was ambitious I thought too. that was ambitious yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and my two others are international artists, Jesse Ware, we talked about briefly early on, amazing kind of new disco album, What's Your Pleasure? Fantastic oh my gosh. record. Just that is absolute. so good. Like if you, listeners, if you... Um, just want to put it like if you're having I don't know what 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 would if you if you've got friends over coming over at five pm yeah and you've had a couple of wines yeah. then put it on yeah exactly it's so good it's yeah. quite a sexy album yeah. but it's real fun as well yeah yeah mm. and my third pick um, with Gorillas actually oh yeah because they released uh, the best album they've released in probably ten years uh, Song Machine episode season one it's called and it's just a it came out as a series of Episodes, they were called episodes, individual singles, uh, various features, including some quite um, amazing features, actually. What well, did you think of the Elton John one? I thought it was very interesting. Say, I liked it. Yeah. It was I mean, weird. I couldn't really, 
I would never imagine just um, Elton John being paired with a very young rapper. Rapper. Black? Six Black, I think Six his name Black. is. And it was an interesting song, yeah. yeah. And then he, he's also uh, on the album, there's uh, uh, Robert Smith's on there, Beck's on there, and also some more, um, some of my favourite newer artists like JPEG Mafia and um, Chai. So, yeah, no, I was very impressed and, um, yeah, just very impressed. Yeah, what about yourself? Um... Again, Troy Kingy, Reb Fountain, everything like that. But actually, one of my favourite albums this year um, is from Krungbin. But ah, I don't know yes. if I'm even saying their name. Krungbin. Yeah, Krungbin. Krungbin. Yeah, yeah. Krungbin. Okay, Krungbin. So they, I've been a fan for them for a while. I only just discovered them maybe last year or something, though. But this is their first album where they've actually sung vocals or done vocals with the music. And it's just... Fun. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, all the other instrumental, all the other albums have been instrumentals. Oh, okay. Um, but they're totally, they're cool. They're, it's hard to put them in a genre. Mm. Again, it's more of a vibe that I'd say. Oh, mm. you know, if you've got, if you're in the afternoons and you chill want to, music. you know, it's, well, it's chill out. But yeah, this one's definitely more upbeat. Yeah. It's more world music. Yeah. So one of the albums was totally inspired by Thai funk music. This one is a real mixture of sounds as well but it's fun and upbeat and I really love world music and it reminds me a lot of that yeah. they've just put out a compilation uh, Light, uh, Late Night Tales. Tales of tracks that they're influenced by and it's crazy yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. really crazy album lots again lots of cool world music mm, that they're inspired mm, by mm. yeah yeah sick it was a real shame uh, they were going to open for Tame Parlour weren't mm. they 2021 December it's been rescheduled. Yeah, good luck. I'm, um, I'm still waiting for my Bon Iver gig that oh, is now no. never going to happen oh, and dear. not getting a refund. Mm. And Patty Smith that. emailed me the other day, or not emailed me, but some ticket place. And they were like, yeah, it's not going to happen in April 2021, but it will happen. Small print, get your refund here. <laughs> I do want to yeah. give a big shout out um, to Anthony Metcalf, who had my tweet of the year on this subject, which is, um, you think it's hard to sell tickets to gigs. Imagine trying to sell tickets to gigs that might not happen. <laughs> oh. like, yeah. He's a good man in the music industry. Shout out to him. Yeah, he doesn't want to come on, so fuck you, Anthony. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Uh, I don't know. He's just got an idea and he said he doesn't want to come on. He'll talk to me off it, but we'll get him on. We'll get him on. Um, uh, for me, it was Idols. Yes, oh, cool. yes. Like uh, for me, uh, uh, having their voice uh, this year was like incredibly um, timely, and 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 I thought surprising as well in the in how they came out and did their thing. I really really liked that. Cool. I'm amazed how hated they are by a lot of people. I don't get it. I don't understand. I haven't that. had it explained to me why why they're so bad yet. I don't I don't know. I didn't know that. I haven't heard these rumors. Yeah, I've, I just online. I've. Twitter again. Too much um, Twitter. And there's been they've been feuds with Sleaford Mods. Oh and yeah. A fat white family, I believe. <laughs> uh, oh, they're punks, they're punks, aren't they? Well, they don't like being called punks. No, they don't. But, I they, but, the but it's that alternative sort of, you know. Yeah. No, I like their album a lot, actually. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, post punks having a really good moment at the moment. Uh, particularly from the UK was Fontaine's yes. DC and also Shame uh, I don't know if you've heard of Shame and uh, my personal favourite Black Midi as ah. well and also there's another band who I was going to on my notice for 2021 a band called Black Country New Road uh, you and I both love as them. well uh, they're fantastic the so, most pretentious band alive absolutely pretentious so <laughs> yeah all those bands I just listed all of them are fantastic yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, it's 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 hard. Like I think you and I, that whole guita English guitar thing that's happening at the moment. Well, English United Kingdom guitar. Yeah, thing, because Fontaine really. CC are from Ireland. Yeah, and they're yep. they're killing it. They are. Yep. Um, yeah, so I'd say I'd say there goes. And again, like Danica Smith, for me, I I think she's going to have a fucking amazing album next year. I'm really really excited about that. Um, 
do you have did you have a lockdown song like did you is there a song that mm. you remember i like, made a playlist oh, a lockdown yeah. playlist of songs to listen to when you're locked <laughs> 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 with kind of themes bordering on isolation and locked oh yeah and all nice sorts of stuff. Uh, I didn't have it one specific song though. Yeah, right. No. I Do think you... I was listening to a lot of Jessie Weir during lockdown because I was in really great habits. Mm. Like that first lockdown was I was living my best life, walking every day, cooking great meals. Okay. Second lockdown, terrible, different. Um, but that first lockdown, I was listening to Jessie Weir heaps, I reckon, because it was really upbeat and fun and yeah, sassy. It, to get you out of that that I lockdown think so. funk, you mm, know. Because, mm. but if you look at my um, most played songs this year, it's a very mix of depressing, sore heart, um, <laughs> <laughs> like beauty. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then uh, the odd nineties hip hop jam thrown in. <laughs> yeah, right. You got um, it's funny that you'd mentioned that nostalgia thing I think that's very true. Um, hey, another, if you were talking about punk or loud music that I love, because I love that sometimes, Billy No Mates. Mm. Have you heard of her? Mm. I think you and I have like, we, we must have had the same Spotify algorithms. Algorithms. Because yeah, she's also great on Twitter. Follow Billy No oh, Mates on Twitter. Yeah, she's hilarious. Uh, Nick Bollinger actually introduced me to her. Oh, wow. Yeah. She seems awesome. Yeah. And that song, yeah, is there a song No or something? Yeah, which yeah is that was the cool. one that I yep. got into. Yeah. She's Australian. Mm. Gets gets in on it, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, oh, I did. Um, I'm not. I'm pretty sure this came out this year, but I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, not entirely sure. But the uh, um, what's that band? Now I've got Black Country New Road stuck in my head. Now that you said it, but <laughs> it's a uh, Rolling Blackouts Coastal oh, rolling, Fever. Australian band, yeah. Yes. They mm. came out this year. If you too, like yeah. real estate, and, but want to be a bit more awake and upbeat, you kind of surf rocky, indie rocky, so catchy, so Australian. Well Rocky. Mm. Uh, they yeah. played at Laneway a couple of years ago yeah, as well. Yeah. Awesome. But, you know, that, I liked that album, yeah. If you had to pick one favourite album. Hang on, can I keep going with the guitar vibes? Okay. Just yeah. for one minute out of it. I like it. Okay, I don't know if they're in your vibe or era or scene or age or whatever, but Cut Off Your Hands um, were, a, are, were a fantastic band and they called it quits this year and released yep. one last yep. album. And one of my songs of the year, um, so I can't call just one of them, but is Blue Smoke Draft. Yes. And it's so cool. He's, he wears those talking heads and LCD mm. sound system uh, love on the sleeve yeah, of the song. Does, yeah. And it's just a really cool summer song. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Mm. And Cut Off Your Hands have just been killing it uh, you know, for a long time now. They've done 15 so, years. So much. Long time. And yep. different stuff. I think you pointed out to me like how different this latest album is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And when he played, they yeah. played, you know, they're usually just a three or four piece, but they played with like a nine piece band mm, with mm. backing vocalists and mm, everything. Mm. Mm. So one one album that if I had to pick I just want to know what, yeah, if you were forced at gunpoint well, to pick one. I just recently did my album of the year list and I, I'd be stupid to go against what I picked there. Yeah, it hasn't changed. I, I, I don't know. I'd be a hypocrite. So Fiona Apple, Fetch the Bolt Cutters, there you mm. go. Yeah. That's my favourite album of the year. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I didn't know much about, I know I knew her and I, I listened to some of her music, but I wasn't like a super fan or anything. And I was just absolutely blown away by the album. I haven't listened to it yet, Sam. Should you, do you think I would like it? I I reckon give it a go. I mean, it's not everyone's taste. I've got a shock face. What do you mean you haven't listened to it? I haven't listened to it. Ah, I thought you like you would have. It's probably not come up on your algorithm. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't hey, know actually, why. maybe it's not. Oh, to be honest, I don't think. I think the reason why the album was so good is because we didn't know it was going to be. Yeah, as it was good. quite a surprise. It was a surprise yeah. how awesome it was. Yeah. Yep. And also, I definitely think it was one of those albums that um, I think we mentioned this earlier, but you know, it's quite angsty, mm, and right. you know. Um, 
And she talks a lot about um, having lunch with, uh, sorry, having a dinner, or there's one particular song where she's having a dinner with a music industry exec who's a real dickhead, and she's just... Relatable. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally relatable. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I think that her angst suited people's headspace when they mm, were listening to it. Mm, mm. Right. Yeah, I will, I will. I'm bad at that when people, heaps of people talk about an album, I end, end, end up not listening to it until like... Oh, no, no, no. I, yeah. For a while. Uh, the, don't, don't get too excited about it, though. Don't go in with high expectations, just in case. Oh, uh, okay. Mm, mm. What about yourself? If you had to pick one... I thought we picked one before. What was my Krungbin? What was yeah, that pick? Oh, is that your favourite? Oh. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Well, I'm just, it's yeah. really hard. I it think, is hard. Yeah, I it think is. It's also it, pointless. We don't need to. Well, yeah. We're not like Pitchfork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 8.3, thank well, you. Actually, but like, just throwing, can I throw some other Please do. interesting things? Okay, so King Sweeties have just released their new EP. Brilliant. They're quite interesting. It's Beck Runger's new band and Cass um, from Tiny Ruins. Mm. And there's one song, the tr- final track on the EP, and it's, it's like can or kraut rock or something. It's really so yeah, it's so super cool. Yeah, shout out King Sweeties. Yeah. Um I'm just looking at my top songs like to it. try and be inspired. We haven't mentioned Nadia Reed, but her album was beautiful. Fortet, I loved That um, was my album of the year. I heard, was it? Yeah. Interesting. I heard today uh, apparently he's got releasing an album with Madlib. With Madlib. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Apparently Amazing. Madlib has been sending him um, beats for two years that he's that Fortet's been like working on and thing and it's coming out in January. When was the last time Madlib released something? Uh, with that project he did with Freddie Gibbs last oh, year. Oh, okay. Which was awesome. Okay. Oh my god. Awesome. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that was my album of the year. But I'm a big Fortet nerd, so that's probably going to be the thing. Um. Yeah, also uh, Rhea Hall released one of my favourite albums this year as well. Rhea Hall um, is an amazing wahine, lives in Napier or Tauranga, I think, Tauranga, and she um, released this album called Manawa, Manawa, Manawa Wera. I am terrible, sorry, I'm really tired. Can I, do we edit anything? Never. Never. <laughs> Manawa Wera. I think I said it better. Yes. Anyway, but it's, so it's got a Māori name, but it doesn't have any Māori singing on it because she wrote all the lyrics in uh, English because she, they're such strong messages. She was like, I don't want to talk to the people that already know I'm writing these right. songs to talk to uh, Pākehā that need to know about these issues. And it's a really, if you like, I love reggae. So it's a reggae sort of really cool album, but very powerful. She was actually, I felt like she deserved an award at the mm, Aotearoa Music yeah, Awards yeah. and she didn't get an award. Mm. People did, like Rob Ruha got an award and Maiho, my more, my more. Yeah. Um, they got an award as well, and totally deserving. But I did feel like Rhea Hall deserved something because yeah. the album is fantastic. Mm. Yeah, I just uh, was thinking the conspicuous uh, artist and album that none of us have mentioned at all was there was a new Tame Impala album this year. Mm, I did mention rush. that before. Yeah. Did you? I, sorry, did you sorry, sorry. I did see that on my it's list. It's in before. my top thirty. Yeah, it's yeah. in my top twenty. Yeah. Mm. I have this thing with Tame Impala where like it takes me almost a year, a year and a half before I really like a Tame Impala album and everyone he puts out, I'm like, oh, it's okay. And then a year later, I'm like, oh, I actually really, really like this song. And then I find myself like a year and a half, two years later, listening to the whole album, loving it. I did that with um, Currents and now I'm doing it with the slow rush. I don't mm. know if you guys have that experience. But. Well, no, and I wonder whether Sam has it as well, but often like Tame Impala, I had to interview Kevin Parker and so you, before you interview an artist about their album, I just go deep with it. Okay. Listen to it constantly. Listen to it potentially even like eight times if I'm really into it. And then I get quite addicted to songs. So mm. if I really like the album, then for the next week I'm just constantly listening to it, which is um, 
a great thing and I really did like the album but the problem is sometimes you get albums early and then so by the time it comes out you're like you don't have that same excitement as you did that when you first heard it. album had so many singles that I'd already listened to half the album before it had came out yeah. and yeah. I think by that stage I'd lost kind of yeah. the vibe. Yeah. Can, we, can we stop that? Can we just put, can singles be singles and then if you have an album that hasn't come out just put the album out? I don't want singles on albums anymore. Well people are now, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next year whether people are going to start where the less albums will be released. Well, they're all EPs, right? One thing people yeah. are doing that, that recently, I've noticed, is splitting their albums in half mm. and releasing them in separate yeah. parts. Yeah, Montalius is doing Moses that. Moses Sumney did that, yeah. and Montalius. Uh, that might become more of a thing. Yeah, well, the I'm Avalanches, sure they just convinced. released the, yeah, the Avalanches album is 25 tracks. Yeah. And I was like, I interviewed them, so I got really, yeah. into, really yeah. deep into the album as well. And I was like, why 25 tracks? Aren't you listening to all these, you know, reading all these articles about, you know, how albums shouldn't, because again, the artists watch when listeners click off, yeah. you know, and it's always at track eight that they stop listening because <laughs> it's too long. But he was just like, stuff it. I don't care. This <laughs> is the piece of art that I want to produce and. Yeah. I like that attitude. Same. <laughs> yeah. True artist. That's the same reason I don't tend to like this let's split up our album thing because I think it's it it's very obviously industry focused. Mm. They're thinking about how how it comes out, the press releases, how to extend How can the you thing. maximize your streams? Like a, a, ultimately anything more than I have a song that's finished and if you like my music I'd like you to hear it now mm. is is you're thinking about the industry and you're not thinking about the thing, which is totally fine. But for me, the split up of albums, when it's already done, we're going to make you wait for it. Mm. Uh, that kind of annoys me as a fan of people often. <laughs> but that's just me being a curmudgeon as per usual. Mm. Note. Yeah, musicians make note. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, and to, this is to talk about your Spotify, your streaming thing again, is that like, would I not put my music on Spotify? No, of course not. You should put your music everywhere. But you actually have, people have a lot more power than they think. Like for me personally, my release plan is I've got a EP ready to go. Cool. On the same on the same Friday, the whole EP goes up on my Bandcamp. You can listen to it there. You can buy the whole thing if you want. The lead single only goes up on Spotify. Two weeks later, the EP will go up on Spotify. Because oh, cool. then you get the long tail thing. And but you're not just giving it, you, you know. And a real fan who wants to pay for can get the whole thing there. But if okay, you're, if you're in the middle, you, you just get the same. Can I challenge you then? Yeah. When will you do your interviews for the album for the EP? Sorry, will you do it once it's up on Spotify, or will you do it once when it's just on Bandcamp? For me promoting my thing. Yeah. Oh, I don't do promotion. No, interviews. I know. Oh, you don't. <laughs> no. Oh, so you so this isn't hypothetical. No. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking hypothetically. Well, it isn't. Uh, the this EP hasn't come out yet, but uh, that's a different thing. I, I, th this is my platform. I don't. I'm building the platform for myself and for other people, so I don't necessarily have to. Which means I can go on other people's platforms whenever I kind of want to, cool, cool, not cool. when I have to. Because yeah, then my argument would be: well, you wouldn't want to do any interviews because even just say you know doing an interview would say RNZ, just limiting it to BFM or or BFM. Yeah, you get more hits if it was on Spotify. If you're talking about it. But they only listen to the single anyway. You, that's the stats. They, they, people don't go past the first song. Mm. At least they're, well, and, and it's the first song. It's only the single that Spotify services to playlists as well. Mm. So that's what it So like, you have, what are you going to lose? There's nothing to lose. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> anyway, that's <laughs> a whole, I feel like this is, before we get into like, I think the last thing I wanted to talk about was just like who we're really excited about coming up. For um, next year, right? For next year, yeah. yeah. But I did want to say like, I've really enjoyed this conversation and it's been as meandering and as interesting as I, th as I wanted it to be. <laughs> but uh, th this is kind of a proof of concept for me in a sense that 
these kinds of conversations between people in the industry about music, but also kind of slightly meta about how the industry works, is something that I think not only the three of us in this room are going to find interesting, but that a lot of people are going to find interesting. I hope so. Mm. And I would really, I, I, I would really love to try and push to have more spaces where these kinds of conversations happen in public, mm. because my 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 idea is that that miscommunication of in the music industry is because we have a culture of just talking about things behind closed doors and not in public. Mm. And it, it, I, I don't mean that in just like bad things, but I mean in kind of everything. And I think if we featured conversations between PR people and managers or um, media people, I think everyone would enjoy it and benefit Well, from that's it. why I really enjoyed those live uh, Zoom conferences that I think it was the Music Managers Forum put on during the lockdowns. It was just really interesting as an observer I to agree. hear people's thoughts on different things. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So good on, because yeah, those Zoom meetings are awesome. Good on the people involved in that. Kath Anderson. Kath Anderson, shout out. I want to get Kath on here as well. Um, okay, let's... let's this has been really lovely. We've got a. We're going to put our cards on the table right now, and we'll we'll come back next year to see how wrong or right we were about <laughs> it. Um, who do you have any inkling of like what you're excited is going to come next year? I do. Okay, here we go. I've I already I even made a list of what I wanted wanted to see, and what I know has already been announced. But, right. Uh, just off the top of my head, um, the four artists I'm looking forward to seeing stuff from. Two I've already mentioned. Shame. They've got an album coming out, and the singles have been brilliant. Right. Uh, and Black Country, New Road as well, have got their first album coming out. Uh, but other than that, uh, I know we're getting the second Avondale Bowling Club record, Ooh. so that's going to be exciting. Uh, and we're finally getting, after seven years, uh, another Sheepdog and Wolf album yes. as well. So I'm looking forward to that very much too. Yeah. I am very much looking forward to the Sheepdog yeah. Wolf album. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think... He is such a clever, clever man. He won the Critics' Choice Prize. He did, yes. Many years yes. ago. Um, bring back Critics' Choice. Yeah, he's so clever. And that new video um, is, fantastic. is just yeah. fantastic. It just describes or shows anxiety to a perfect form. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I too. Well, one other album that I'm looking forward to is Troy Kingy's new folk album. So yes. we've mentioned before yeah. that he's doing 10 albums, 10 genres, 10 years. Um, this next one he's co-written with Delaney Davidson. And oh, um, I ran Delaney. into someone the other night who had heard some of it. And they said, it's dark and twisted. Mm. You know, Delaney's dark and twisted. Yeah. And I was like, yes, he is. And he said, that comes out in it. And I was like, fantastic. Let's so go. that'll be yeah. really interesting. Any others that you're like really looking forward to next year or new, new artists that you're excited to hear more from? Um, I am looking forward to hearing more from Derek. There's an artist in London, uh, UK artist, Arlo Parks. I'm really into her music at the moment. Um, I want to hear the new Crowded House album, just because his sons are in it now. And yeah, it's, right. it sounds, I thought that first single was cool. Um, yeah, I, there's so many. I, can't, I don't think I can pick one. Yeah, right. But there's lots, yeah, lots of... And there'll always be someone who emerges out of... Nowhere that will be one of your favourite artists by the end of the year. Yeah. Yep. Actually, I do want to see what happens with Josh 685 next year. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like... Well, he's he the phenomenon. Keep, yeah, he's the phenomenon. So he's the South Auckland um, teenager, 17 years old, that um, wrote that beat. And mm. then um, thing he stole Jason it. Deler Deler Jason, Jason Derulo used it without permission. <laughs> Thankfully, he got management. Um, shout out Ashley Page. And then it all got sorted, but... I just want to see whether that momentum is going to stay there, I guess, and whether he will be able to write beds and sure. whether other artists, because that sound is such a 
certain sounds. So I wonder if that's going to become more popular. And I guess I definitely want to see what Benny's going to do next year as well. Crushed it this year. Yeah, totally. That song, Cool. Oh, like her album is really cool, actually. I should have mentioned that because we listen to it a lot with my daughter in the house. And it's, yeah, I really was surprised. Each song on that album, she wanted it to be a different genre. Mm. Yeah. And um, the record label, of course, were like, no, don't yeah. do yeah. that. Don't do that. No, you've just got to do one genre. And she was like, stuff it. And so, it's yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. To Stella, because I know you're listening, <laughs> she was on Apple's uh, Up Next playlist or something and I'm like she's fucking up now yeah <laughs> like what the fuck I looked at the rest of them she's like Benny's killing every single one of these yeah. people she's one of the biggest artists in the world right now yeah. like that's fucking crazy and good work um yeah I'm I'm excited for the Black Country New Road album I feel like I've been waiting for it since the moment I heard that first song um I hope that it's just a lot of um new songs weird songs but we'll see um Squid is another band in that realm um, from England that are a little bit more psychedelic but as pretentious. Um, I'm really and they're on warp now, so I'm really looking forward to what they do with um, warp behind them. Um, I've got to say the Kane Strang album. I'm really excited for. I'm a huge, Same. huge Kane Strang fan. Um, and and yeah, I think those are the and 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 the only other thought that came in my head is that I forgot to shout out uh, the Phoenix Foundation, who I think put out like one of the one of my, the most enjoyable, funniest, uh, catchy albums of this year. Oh, I love Decision Dollars yeah. with Luke Buddha and the karaoke, um, yeah, talking about his hangover and his regrets from the night before. <laughs> yeah, that album, I l really enjoy it. And we did this top 20 on RNZ, top 20 albums. And I think because it was released so late in the year that people hadn't quite got around to listening to it. So it bloody didn't rate in our top 20, which I felt weird about. But it's, yeah, it's definitely worth a listen for anyone that's a Phoenix Foundation fan. Yeah, it's, my, yeah, it's wonderful. Um, well, thank you. For coming no, on. Pleasure. Thank you for inviting us. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's really lovely. And like I said, like uh, I think both of you are people in my mind that are like um, serious professional people, oh, but also but <laughs> or, but also fun relatable people. Oh good. Thanks. Do you know what yes. I mean? Like so like, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Oh, thank and you. And I I'm in charge, so I get to say <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. So you know how you're not doing any promo as such for your for your new single? Yeah. Are you going to send it to me? Are you going to send it? To, has he yeah, sent yeah. it to you, Sam? No, no, it's not. I'm mixing it now. Oh, so good. It's not done. Yeah. Send yeah, it I will. Yeah. I was like, yeah, good. For sure. Good, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do, I, I like, I, I do the two days compilation. I do promo for that stuff. Okay. I do like for projects I do and work with other people. But it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm more in like the, uh, you, the building momentum as opposed to like trying to get little peaks. Yeah. I don't really believe in the, and the things, but I don't withhold information. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I talk about it here every week. Can't stop me, <laughs> motherfucker. One hour. Here we go. Um, yeah. Thank you for coming on. Maybe we'll have to do this again in a year's time mm. and uh, and see how see how the uh, industry is faring. Yeah. Hopefully, mm. post COVID, in some way. Mm. Yes. Mm. Keen. 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 Very much so. All right. Um, we'll see you guys next week. New episodes every Sunday. Thank you very much. <laughs>